It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. And we have got a lot to talk about on this week's show. Apparently, Malax is doing very well for walleye right now. We've got two reports from both Mandy Urich and Steve Sapaniak. Plus, Steve's going to weigh in on some pan fishing tactics, too. He's been doing some of that around Mille Lacs as well. Eric Osberg has got the latest on Otter Tail Lake. He'll preview this year's Otter Tail on Ice as well. Matt Brewer will recap his trip to Mexico. We're at a fishing trip down there. And another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick the show off with our Lake and Field segment, brought to you by Oars and Mine in Crosby. Your one-stop shop for ice fishing in the Cuyuna Lakes area, lures, fresh bait, and your propane filling station for the Cuyuna Lakes. Oars and Mine, located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And joining us in studio, Mandy Yurick, one of our many, many contributors here to the show, very accomplished angler. Mandy, welcome back. How you been? been great i've been busy busy as normal and obviously uh, ice fishing is on a lot of people's brain that's what we're going to talk to you about this week mandy uh we're going to talk a little bit about how this you know having no snow on the ice can be a bit of an interesting thing for ice fishing um but i wanted to start off talking malax and we're going to talk a little bit more longer in the show here with steve about that but you were out there here not too long ago and it just seems to be anglers just having great success out there Blacks is on fire right now. It's absolutely on fire. We are so blessed to have that lake so close to us to be able to run out there. And people complain, oh, you can only you know keep one fish between 21 and 23. Does it really matter when you can go out there and catch 20, 30 walleyes, giant, you know, world-class walleyes and absolutely whack them all day long? It, it really shouldn't matter. Right now, it's showing its true potential as a trophy lake. Steve and I have mentioned many times on the show that you don't have to drive to Canada to catch a trophy walleye. You can go to Mille Lacs. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And you've spent a lot of time up there, so I mean, that's that's somebody that knows it is what definitely something <laughs> something to be said, you know. And I think people have shied away from going there. You know, they're missing the point. Yes, people like to eat fish, but it's also about that experience about catching fish, catching big fish, and catching numbers of big fish, which makes it awesome. I've always said the the biggest fish in practically every species, I think, other than perch, I've caught on malax. Oh yeah. So that's telling telling you something right there. That's not, and that's coming from somebody who's not an accomplished angler. So there you go. Uh, tactic wise, what were you guys fishing shallow? Were you working the bays out there? You know, when I was out there uh, for about three days straight, we had super high pressure bluebird clear skies. And when I got to the lake, you know, I'd heard previous reports people were fishing anywhere from 15 to 17 feet of water. I looked at the conditions and I said, absolutely not. I'm going to start as deep as I possibly can in the mud. And then maybe if that bite's not going, work my way up a little bit shallower. So that was the goal. I actually tried to get out to some of my late season fall points uh, because of ice, uh, actually some ice cracks and some ice heaves. I was only about to make it about four miles out of Garrison, which was more than enough. I was fishing 26 to 30 feet of water in the mud and 
literally all day long, I caught fish. It was it was great. So had the house set up, um, had some tip-ups set up, but there was a really interesting thing going on out there. Um, where I picked to put up my house, there was it was super mottled ice. It wasn't clear ice. It was mottled ice with a snow patch on top of it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to test this theory out. So that's where I set my house up. And the other ones, guys set their house up on the super clear ice. I mean, within yelling distance away. And hands down, it was 18 to 2. So with that being said, I don't know if it was, you know, less light penetrating. It was deeper water. It was on the mud. Um, and I was consistently smashing my bait into the bottom, kind of, you know, getting that water column mucked up uh, with the mud. But uh, fishing a bigger spoon, actually a, a golden shiner, 13 fishing spoon, had it tipped with a, a shiner head. It was phenomenal. I don't know the last time that I had a trip like that that I caught so many big fish. It was great. Well, let's segue right into that because that's something we wanted to talk about. Um, not having a lot of snow on the ice, Mandy. I mean, it's kind of a phenomenon this time of year to have that, but that can have a variety of effects on a variety of different fish. Oh, absolutely. So you know, we talk about it all summer long. I'm always the one preaching about light conditions, water conditions, things like that. Uh, not having snow on the ice right now it is great for the vegetation because the sunlight can penetrate through. It's keeping that vegetation alive, which if you're, you know, if you're fishing for panfish, things like that, or even, you know, at night or in darker conditions, those veggies were, you know, the the food chain is going to be, which the you know the fish eventually are going to be, but it changes everything that we don't have any. So there's zero protection. Fish don't have eyelids. Fish can't squint, and they definitely can't rock the coastas. So when we have clear bodies of water like we do with no sun protection, it's going to drive those walleyes deeper. It's going to drive those crappies deeper. Um, so I was very lucky to be able to catch fish all day. I hands on personally, I contributed to that to the deeper water fact that the light was penetrating less, and that's why they're feeding more actively. Obviously, in the mornings at night, they're going to move from those deeper spots up into the shallower waters where, you know, their primary forage bait is, and food is there. But, yeah, so we're seeing seeing that in all of our lakes around here, unless you head to a tannic lake that's naturally seen, we're clear. We've got zebra mussels, you know, like that light is just shining down there like, you know, laser beams. So something to think about. And, you know, when we talk about crappies, the the morning bite, night bite has been phenomenal. And what I've seen, the later in the night it goes, the better the bite actually gets. Uh, I was out last Friday and just absolutely whacked them. But it was kind of a, an eight to midnight bite. We got a few right away at dusk, you know, but the later it went, the bigger the crappie is definitely getting. Um, but if you are out in the day, you know, and you're targeting those deeper crappies, something to think about. When you're pulling crappies out of 40 feet of water, you, yeah, you might be throwing them back, but those fish aren't going to survive. Out of those kinds of depths, they're, you know, the air sacs are going to blow up and they're not going to be able to stabilize themselves when you put them back down the hole. So something to keep in the back of your head that if you are fishing that deep, you know, for a day bite on those, that... You, you, you got to keep what you catch, you know, making sure that you're, you're not releasing them back into those deep waters just to die and be wasted. Yeah, so that's a, definitely a good point there. So basically what you're saying is, you know, it's not popular for everybody, but if you can get out there at night 
that's not a bad way to go. Yeah, pop-ups, you know, right now, your, your, your flip-over shocks are, are great. You, there's multiple light systems that you can throw in there, and it's kind of a lot of fun because, yeah, you don't see a lot of people out there at night. You know, half hour, 45 minutes, an hour after dark, everybody's getting off the lake. It's kind of nice just to go out there and have it to yourself. There are a few areas where, you you know, people are being able to get out their, their wheelhouses, and that's super fun. When you're out there already, you're going to spend the night, throw down the rattle reels, you know, keep one for jigging and, and just have a fun night bite. For sure. Uh, anywhere else locally here, have you been hearing anything, Mandy, as far as I mean, like Gull, North Long, Round Lake, you hearing anything in there? They are, they're all going right now. Um, there again, it's definitely about the light conditions and what's going on. Panfish are going. The crappie bite is going. Uh, with that being said, it, it's definitely a, a later bite for those. The walleye bite is going like on Gull, on Round, but it's a deeper bite or it's a predominantly, you know, you get a 40 minute window at dusk or if you're going to, you know, take the time and, you know, really sit out there at night, you are picking up walleyes on, on round gull and north long, actually. Nice ones too. So there you go. One last thing, Mandy, you took a little trip down to Florida here not too long ago. Lucky. Um, <laughs> what were you doing down there? Well, I had to get out of here and uh, I headed down to Florida to actually do some product testing with 13 Fishing, one of my sponsors. Uh, obviously, we've got new products, open water products that are coming out this next year. Um, they get a product lineup and basically we get to go down and smash on some big bass with them and nice. you know, give our reviews on which it was great to see the new products that will be going to ICAST for this next year, but it's exciting. I just, I can't even keep up with them every year. They've got new lines coming out. So it was a nice little, I'm saying goodbye to fall and open water <laughs> and preparing myself for the ice season. So I could, I could shut that door now that I'm back from Florida and I'm totally all in with ice fishing. I'd imagine there's some bass anglers out now, right out there right now listening to this going, oh, lucky is she in December <laughs> to go open water bass fishing. And I'm not going to lie. The weather was perfect for me. I don't like it hot. Um, for Florida people, everybody's in hoodies. You know, I was like 74, 75 with no humidity. And I'm on there in the tank top and shorts <laughs> running around. Everybody knew I definitely was not from Florida. Yeah, I'd imagine so. It's Mandy Urich. She's a major contributor here to Brainerd Outdoors. Mandy, people want more info on you. How can they get it? Look me up on Facebook. They can find me on Instagram. They can tune in here live or they can find us on podcast. We are podcastable everywhere. It's Mandy Urich. Mandy, thanks for the time. I'm sure we'll be talking to you here real soon. All right. Sounds great. And let's head out to Mille Lacs, get the report out there from Steve Sapaniak with Predator Guide Service. And uh, I guess before we get out on to Mille Lacs, Steve, we should talk about where you're at right now, having a pretty good day. Uh, you're on an undisclosed lake. We don't like to give some of the smaller lakes away, but uh, having a pretty good day, huh? Definitely. I'm with one of my best friends, Jim Zimmer. It's his birthday today, and him and I are just laying waste to the sunnies. It's been incredible. Uh, not the real big ones like I'm hoping for. A lot of four to a pound, three to a pound. Once in a while we get to a half pound, but this is probably my personal best day ever catching sunfish. I've caught well over 100, uh, and the bite is fantastic. You know, we've got a good 12, 14 inches of ice. Problem is, as soon as we get this kind of ice, people are coming out with the pickups, and the landing at this lake at Mille Lacs, they're going to hell real quick. Water all over the place. Yeah, that's something I, I think we should probably talk about right off the bat because we've had some really warmer weather. Uh, what is that, aside from the landings, doing to our ice conditions, Steve? I would imagine some of the smaller lakes, a little bit better shape, but even a, a big lake like Mille Lacs, uh, I'd imagine things can get uh, tricky out there real quick. Real quick is right, uh, Brian. It's going to be bad, especially on Mille Lacs. Like, you take a look at all the areas that have sand, especially like where I live by Walk-On there, there's that uh, sandbar that goes to Mulvaney Island. 
and that sandbar generates enough warmth, you know, warmth and everything where I've actually seen people go through walking in ATVs, and it's going to happen real quick over there. Um, a lot like all the areas that have sand, they're going to generate a lot more unsafe ice, and it's going to be bad all over the area. It's it's not the best right now, I'll be honest with you, but the fish are biting and the people are out there having fun. So on this smaller lake where you're pan fishing right now, for those that maybe have some of their favorite smaller panfish lakes, are you working shallow, Steve, or are you getting out where it's a little deeper? We're working the uh, we're working the depth range anywhere from about eight to twelve feet, eight to thirteen feet of water. Uh, these fish are so aggressive; they're hitting the lure as it's dropping down. They're coming up to hit it uh, using a small blue blue jig with a little bit of white on it and a wax worm, just one worm, and that's it. It's been fun, and if you can't give them a the bite, here's a little secret. Not trying to give away the farm here. Don't always believe what your sonar. I see people walk from hole to hole and shake their head in disgust. I'll go to the same hole, drop my lure down, and catch fish. They're laying on the bottom. The sunnies especially this time of year love sitting right next to the bottom. Just go down there, hit the bottom, lift up, and get ready. You'll see a bunch of them come off the bottom after your jig. So there's a good secret to keep in mind right now. So that's not contradicting what you've always said, to believe your electronics, and if you don't see fish, don't fish there. Uh, exactly, you know, and that's the <laughs> truth. If you don't see fish, don't fish. But then again, too, you know, I am being contradictory here. A lot of times they're laying right next to the bottom, and I've kept that quiet and enjoyed my fishing for many years. But, you know, I like to see people have fun. So, yeah, definitely give it a shot. If you're not seeing anything come up, then get the heck out of there. There you go. So there's Steve sharing some of those tricks uh, through the years that he's been able to uh, come across. Uh, and I, I guess we'll shift over to Malak, Steve. As you said, uh, the ice con- the conditions out there are getting a little sketchy in some areas, so be very careful out there. You've always said, you know, just talk to the resort owners and stuff. They'll tell you, the bait shop owners around there, they'll tell you everything you want to know. But I've heard the fishing, especially on the walleye front, has been pretty good over there. It's been incredible. Everybody I know that's been out there fishing, my buddies included myself, you know, we're doing good. We're catching the walleyes. It's uh, trying to find something to keep. You know, that's a little bit more difficult and everything right now, but who cares? You know, you can get anywhere from uh, 3, 4, 5 to 20 to 30 walleyes a day, depending where you're at. And a lot of these are quality fish that you would go to Canada for and release anyway. So right now, Malax Lake is doing great. Definitely stick with the resort owners. They'll put you on the fish, and they'll let you know where everything is safe. Be careful out there when you're on Malax Lake, and also watch the landings. Like I said, they're getting a lot of water, and watch those spearing holes. A lot of guys aren't throwing their ice chunks back, and they're not marking them. I don't know what's wrong with them. You know, everybody used to work together and keep everything safe. It's not being that way no more. Are the bays still the best? Yeah, if you're looking for good quality walleye fishing, walk-on bay, cold bay has been doing good. Isle bay has been doing really good over there. You know, uh, check with uh, Tina and Tim Chapman. They're really good people. They'll put you on the fish, uh, Chapman's Resort. East side has been doing real well. Uh, North End's been doing fantastic up around by Garrison. You know, it's just been a win-win situation everywhere you go. I know some people are getting out more than a mile. Honestly, I don't trust it. I was out yesterday looking at the lake, and I was out there and having fun, you know, and it doesn't look safe in a lot of places. So, yeah, I'm I'm being a weenie when it comes to being out there. <laughs> no, you're being smart. I mean, I, I wish everybody would, would be as smart. But I, the reason I asked about the base, Steve, is that it seemed like, you know, early ice, that people were catching walleyes in those shallow areas, and that seems to be where the best ice is, too. It's true. It is the best ice. You don't have to be in deep water, folks, to catch, you know, quality walleyes. You know, there's no doubt about that. If you're in eight feet 
8 to 15, you're in plenty good depth of water. They're in there early in the morning. They're in there in the evening. They're in there all day long. I mean, I've seen walleyes in the weeds all day long on a lot of these bays. You know, if the forage base is there, why leave? And the forage base is there, Brian. And um, keep an eye on your tip-ups, too, because uh, there's some pike in, the, in those small bays, too. Oh, definitely. They're tied into some really quality pike. I mean, you know, pike up to 43, 44, 45 inches on tip-up. It's great. It's unbelievable. These guys are doing a good job getting the pictures and releasing the fish for others to enjoy. There you go. Steve's Pontiac Predator Guide Service. You can check him out at PredatorGuideService.com. I'll let you get back to fishing, Steve. Sounds like you're having fun out there, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we're going to head west out to Otter Tail Lake. Eric Osberg with the Outdoor Report has been chasing around all kinds of fish out that way. We'll talk about that and the upcoming Otter Tail on Ice Festival when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And every now and then we like to head west out towards the uh, Otter Tail area and bring in Eric Osberg with the Outdoor Report, see what's happening out there. Eric, how we doing? We're fantastic, Brian. How are you? Doing fantastic as well. Uh, you know, we've had a pretty mild winter, I would say, so far. It looks like uh, ice is decent around here. Some of the landing's not the best. But as far as if you can get out there on an ATV or maybe walk out, you should have some success. We talk a lot about otter tail. Uh, what's been happening out there? Some pretty good stuff? Yeah, it's been, you know, the, the good news is it, it, it got cold early. So even though it has been mild in the last week or so, um, we had a good start. So the smaller lakes, you know, they freeze first, right? The smaller, shallower lakes, shallower bays, they freeze, freeze first. And so we, I, I think first ice for us was a little bit before Thanksgiving. So we've got a good solid four weeks of ice fishing under our belt. Obviously, we're, we're walking, we're using ATVs after we, you know, we first time on a different lake, we walk out to our spot to make sure everything's okay, use the buddy system, all the safety gear. Then once we figure that's okay, then we go back with an ATV. Um, I personally, you know, I've seen vehicles on lakes. I am not that guy. If there's not 15 or 16 inches of ice, I'm not driving a, you know, a, a, a truck or a car on the ice. So um, we've been hoofing it or ATVing it and catching fish. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, same thing. I mean, if it's it's got to be you know, almost set 18 inches of ice out there, and then right. then maybe I'll drive out. Um, we like to uh, let's start on Otter Tail itself, uh, Eric, and then maybe we'll get to some of the the smaller lakes around there as well. Have you been focusing on walleye or mostly panfish or a little bit of both? Well, on Otter Tail, it's mostly walleye. I don't claim to have Otter Tail dialed in yet. We've we've moved around. Which is which is typical, right? I mean, the fish use their fins and swim, <laughs> and so um, focused on a, a couple of different types of structure, uh, drop offs, you know, break lines, um, and and some some flats, if you will. You know, maybe there's an underwater point or an inside turn that has a flat, a tw- you know, so it, it goes up to ten feet and then down, you know, down to fifteen, sixteen, and then there's a flat at like twenty feet of water. And then, and then it, you know, and that's a large area, large-ish, and then it drops off again. We've been finding fish hanging out on that flat zone, if you will. It doesn't really seem to matter what you use. It's more important to find the fish. Uh, so some, you know, so Saturday we tried three, four, five different spots until we said, okay, here's, you know, more than a fish. Um, the good news is, for otter tail anyways, is we've been seeing some nice perch. They're not 
jumbos, you know, they're not huge, 14, 15, whatevers, but um, there's some decent perch that are worth keeping if you're looking for a meal. Um, and, the, and the walleyes have been, I, I think it's more of a day bite right now. I, you know, there's those low light periods, morning and evening that are better, but, but if I had to choose between, you know, fishing at night or fishing during the day, I'd, I'd fish during the day. We've been, you know, the, my biggest walleye and otter tail this year came at, you know, 10 in the morning, you know, on a bright sunny day. So just move around, try to make contact with a pot of fish and then, and then switch up your baits and see what they like and don't like. So presentation, nothing like you said that's dialed in, that's working for you yet. You're just trying a, a little bit of everything. Trying a little bit of everything. I mean, if if I'm in search mode, you know, I'm my, my go-to is probably a buckshot and 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 uh, and a minnow head or a full minnow if it's a smaller fat head or something like that. Just something. If I'm in search mode, I can you know drop it down, get to the bottom, bang it around for a little bit, let it sit, see if anything is nearby right if anything reacts and if it doesn't then you move on to the next hole and then the next hole and the next hole once you start to mark some fish then you can start to finesse them with maybe some spoons or or a, or a dead stick you know whether it's a, a tip up or a bobber system or a, or a snare rod or something like that um you know obviously if you're if you're not moving and you know once you've made contact and you get to you know set up camp then it's a little easier to fish a couple of lines but um you know, with that mild weather, we've been able to move around, right? You can, you know, feel as inclined to, to hunker down and get out of the cold. So, so yeah, a heavier thing, you know, to start, and then you, and then you just to make contact, and then you can lighten up as you go. So there you go there. You mentioned tip-ups, uh, Eric. Do they pull some decent northern out, out of otter tail? There's big northerns in otter tail, and there's a, there is a special regulation. There's a 30-inch minimum on otter tail, so, but there's big fish. I mean, I've seen, I haven't personally caught, but I've seen upper 30s in you know 40 inch pike and and otter tail's a really fun lake to spear on as well um and you see a lot of big huge fish and you see a lot of other fish too you see a lot of perch you see a lot of walleyes we've even seen sturgeon when we're spearing and so you know everything i just said you can kind of forget it and <laughs> the opposite approach would be get up like i've talked about in the past get up on the shallow side of that break seven eight nine feet of water and, and just hang out. But, there, yeah, there are some, to answer your question, there's some big bike in that lake. But, again, it's a 30-inch minimum, so you got to be careful, especially if you're spearing, because there is no spearing release. So there you go. Um, one of the things that you have mentioned, and you've kind of coined this phrase, panfish paradise out there, outside of otter tail, maybe even on otter tail a little bit, I would imagine if people want to get out on some of those lakes around otter tail, they'd have some pretty good success with panfish, Eric. Yeah, we, we hit a home run. Uh, last Saturday, we were we were on a smaller, you know, lake that will, will remain nameless with Garrett Spear, a slab seeker fishing, my boy and I, and it was a home run lake, right? Like, we were looking for big crappies, and, and it was, it didn't happen until dark, you know, it, it wasn't twilight, I mean, it was that last bit of light, and then all of a sudden, the crappies turned on, and we had a handful of fish over 13, we had a few over 14, and the biggest was 14 and three quarters. And, and it, the, the interesting thing is that it was a super subtle bite. It wasn't a, an aggressive crappie. You know, when you think of crappies, maybe you're upsizing your jigs or whatever from a, from a bluegill. These were, this was a bluegill presentation. This was a very small tungsten jig with a couple of Euro larvae, you know, super finesse. If you move the bait, you know, any way wrong, they, they turned around. So, but it was it was awesome. It was it was it was incredible, and and um, 
you know, for, you know, almost, you know, pert near 15 inch crappie, people travel a long ways to, to catch those types of crappies. And, and we've got them in our backyard. So, so yeah, the bluegill bite, the pan, you know, the, the crappie bite, those, you know, the best advice I give people is go to the DNR website, look up, a, you know, a, a, a survey and you can identify which lakes should have those bigger panfish um, over, over other lakes. Did you have to pop a lot of holes, uh, Eric, and hop around a little bit? Well, we, we kind of knew the spot on that lake. You know, we knew where we wanted to be, and so we just kind of, but, I mean, we punched, you know, we still punched uh, 30-ish, you know, maybe 40 holes in, in an area, right? And, okay, nothing here, nothing here, you know, but there wasn't anything for a long time. Every one of those holes was, was empty. But then as the sun, you know, went behind the trees and behind the horizon, then the marks started to show up. And then it was one particular hole, or a couple, two or three. That's where the fish were. And you know, next time we go out, it won't be right there. It'll, but it'll be in the, in the nearby area. So that's a good thing about you know, once you, you know, you pick a, you know, because there is a thousand, there's a thousand of lakes, right? So there's, it's, it's, a, you get overwhelmed. But once you pick one, and and you start to figure out, okay, here's spot A, here's spot B, here's spot C. You know, we just went right to spot A and stayed there. Mostly because of time, we were just trying to get that twilight bite. But, but uh, yeah, punched a bunch of holes, looked around, and then finally Garrett Sphere was the one that made contact with the first fish, and then we just all kind of <laughs> tag teamed out of that same spot. So, and you mentioned your son, and I, I have to mention this because if you follow Eric Osberg or the Outdoor Report on social media, you get to uh, take in some fishing trips with the one, the only Walleye Willie, and he had uh, one heck of a summer. How's his winter been so far? His winter's been good. I he loves he's falling in love with rattle reels. So you know we've got the we've got the fin shed. That's the name of our fish house. We've got the fin shed out, and he's a hard worker when it comes to fishing, not when it comes to school. But <laughs> he he he's starting to really dig sitting in the fish house. You know, hearing that rattle reel go off, and then hand lining the fish up. And you know, the first few of the year it was new again, right? Um, but you know, the last few he build him up like a champ and he's gotten you know our biggest walleye so far and this was on a smaller lake this wasn't on our tail but we've gotten you know a 24 a 22 and a half a 21 a couple of 19s so and that's fun when you're whether you're using a you know rod and reel setup or whether you're hand lining but uh no he's a he's a he's an he's an ice fishing form that's for sure. he him and i actually we were out 13 hours on last saturday and and um I was the one who said we got to go. So, so he, he isn't he isn't sick of it yet. Someday maybe, but uh, we'll we'll enjoy it while he does. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, one last thing I want to talk to you about, Eric, uh, an event that I was able to get into uh, last year, which I thought was a lot of fun, and looking forward to it again this year. And that is Otter Tail on Ice. For those that aren't familiar with that, Eric, what is that all about? Yeah, so OTC on Ice is. I like to call it the best darn music festival on ice because number one, I'm not sure there is another music festival on ice. I mean, there's all, there's all sorts of really awesome, you know, winter ice fishing type festivals. But what we've tried to do is we've tried to really focus on the music and, and make that the, the, the priority. So yeah, so February 8th and 9th, we've got five bands coming to Otter Tail Lake. Uh, last year was super cold and I'm sure it'll be plenty cold again, but we're hoping to have, you know, we, we made some mistakes. Um, nothing went wrong, but it, it just wasn't maybe as warm as we could have had it. So we, we got a new tent coming in this year. We got a different heating system coming in this year. And we had 1,500 people out there last year. 
And so we're hoping that we can get about that same amount of people. And the idea is to just have people bring their fish houses out to Ottertail, camp out for the weekend, come enjoy some music and some beverage and some food Friday night, go back to the fish house, do whatever you do, and then come back on Saturday. we got a few other activities during the day. And um, and then, again, listen to some good music and, and just basically celebrate all things winter in Minnesota. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so the bands and, and what we've tried to do is celebrate Minnesota music. So the bands, four of the five are from Minnesota and one of them's from North Dakota. So it's shaping up to be a good time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So if people want more information on it, Eric, uh, where can they get that? www.otconice.com. We have tickets on sale right now. The early bird special is, is $40 for, for, for two days. And you're, at, at the very least, you're going to get five good concerts out of that, five good shows with, with five talented uh, bands. And then uh, those price, that early bird pricing will run until December 31st, and then, and then the two-day pass will go up to $50. So if you're looking for a last-minute Christmas gift, a couple of tickets to OTC on Ice, uh, OTC on ice might, uh, might make somebody a music lover or a, somebody who likes to ice fish um, or just hang out outside might make somebody happy. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, Eric Osberg with the Outdoor Report. Uh, Eric, I appreciate the information, as always, and uh, good luck. I'm sure we'll talk to you before OTC on Ice again so we can talk about it a little bit more, but uh, I encourage people to check that out. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, say hi to Walleye Willie for me, and, and we'll talk to you soon. Will do. Thank you for the opportunity, Brian. All right, when we come back, we'll head north for the Up North Report. Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji will join us. He's got the latest on Red Lake, Lake Bemidji, Leech, and many more, plus... We'll recap Matt's fishing trip down to Mexico when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we head up north for the Up North Report and bring in Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. And in addition to the Up North Report, we also get a very deep south report as well as Mac just or Matt just got back from uh, Mexico. And so welcome back, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want to leave there, did you? It was pretty it was pretty good. Um well and then of course we, we leave when we left our house it was sixteen degrees and then you know I, as I'm laying in bed at night looking at social media people are posting pictures and it's like 35 40 degrees and beautiful back home and i'm like of course when we go somewhere tropic <laughs> tropical then uh, this happens and then we get home and yet yesterday was okay and then now we're we're dipping back down so and uh it's currently 16 degrees so yep. <laughs> we we leave at 16 we come home we get a little taste of it and then it's 16 again so at least it's not 30 below. Right. Well, I was looking on, because I, I always tell people, follow Matt on social media, Matt Brewer or North Country Guide Service and Promotions, because uh, he's always got some pretty cool stuff to post. And uh, you had a lot of fun, it looked like, down there in Mexico and did some fishing while you were there. Yeah, we we did a lot of cool stuff. I mean, um, it's kind of the beginning of the peak whale season, so we, we did some whale watching. We ate some amazing food. Um we got to hang out with a colony of sea lions and feed sea lions, but uh, relaxing, shopping, whatever, everything was fantastic. But the fishing was obviously my highlight, and I was able to to check check one uh, item off my bucket list. And 
able to catch a, a big rooster fish and we got some Dorado and Sierras and, uh, wife got a couple needle fish. Um, we got some trigger fish. I mean, it was an awesome day on the Pacific. Um, it was calm <laughs> considering, uh, when you, when you put in, uh, ocean conditions, it was calm, but, uh, but beautiful day and, and the fishing was awesome. So, and probably way different fishing than what you're used to. Yeah, I mean, we actually missed, well, we caught the first fish, and then we missed a couple, and the guide was like, don't set the hook, just let them eat it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was me talking to people. Like, <laughs> it was uh, it was just, just like trolling crankbaits. So you kind of, uh, we were trolling ballyhoo and mackerel, and we were doing them, like, surface or just subsurface and just dropping it back, you know, like we would trolling crankbaits and then you just put it in the rod holder and we'd get a bite and I'd grab the rod and and I'd put my thumb on the on the spool and he's like you can't do that you got to just let them eat it until they stop their initial head shakes and I'm like oh yeah okay this is just like pulling <laughs> crankbaits just let them hang themselves and and hook themselves and reel them in so once we figured that out it was it was game on so quite a fight oh god yeah the the roosters are so cool they just the aerial acrobatics and and uh and the dig and dig and dig and then you got the hard surf because we were we were fishing like right on the tide roll right on the surf and and uh you know the surf would come in and the fish would take take 40 50 yards and then come back and it was it was a blast they fight like crazy ocean fish just don't don't let up top water or just subsurface so like no weight at all just uh um actually we're using like 80 pound braid or a hundred pound mono and then, uh, and then have a mono leader and, and a big, big hook. Uh, it, it reminded me of sturgeon fishing, except you didn't, you didn't have a weight, you know, you're just running a weightless and you just drop it back and, and trolling at a pretty good clip and letting the, letting the bait come through the tide. And it was, it was really cool. The roosters, you'd be able to watch their, their fins. Um, you know, their fins are like a foot and a half, two feet tall and, be able to watch those cutting through the waves chasing the bait it was really neat is fishing a big thing there matt or is it more of a touristy thing the marina is hopping like we we stayed in san jose del cabo which is like old town and then we traveled to cabo san lucas to use that marina for launching auto to go around uh around the arch and over to the west side the pacific side and uh and the marina is just crazy in the morning it's like every charter boat is is seemingly going out and taking people out it's it's a big thing but i think most of it's tourist stuff like um when we were sitting at the marina afterwards at one of the dockside restaurants eating our catch you know we sat overlooking the marina and you're watching people come in and um, a lot of them had coolers full of beer and (laughs) and they'd have like one one striped marlin and you could tell they were just out there kind of booze cruising and and catching catching one or two fish and and enjoying enjoying the day whereas nikki and i were a little more hardcore so and the fish you caught i mean once again i check it out on facebook and instagram um gorgeous fish matt oh yeah insanely beautiful like and and the coolest thing is like uh, you know that that aquamarine blue water you can see down like 30 feet so uh, when you get vertical over the fish you could see them down there and the colors on the fish in the water before you get them up 
is uh, is actually going to stick with me in, in my memory more than the color of the fish once you get them out. It's just insane with all the the light refracting and, oh, beautiful. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, welcome back, Matt, and glad you had a good time down there. I suppose before we let you go, we should talk about some fishing here locally up by you. Um, from Leech Lake North, uh, what, what are you hearing, Matt? Is it Because I know around here it's been pretty good. The problem we're running into with that warmer weather, some of our landings are starting to get a little icky, but uh, how about up by you? We don't have any landing issues. I, th- I think uh, the warmest day, um, my guys were obviously out pretty much every day. And uh, they said the accesses are in great shape, and I actually haven't even been on the on the lake yet. I need to go set all of our rentals tomorrow because we got people coming in Sunday. I'm going to be kind of venturing onto onto something unknown, but um, but the landings are in good shape, uh, and they said the warmest it got was like 41 degrees the one day, um, and it didn't really do any damage at all. And now, like I said, it it it's cold again, so we're we're in good shape, and there's anywhere from nine and a half to 14 inches of ice on most of the lakes. So, um, we're starting to see some vehicle travel. I don't, I don't advise traveling unless you know what you're doing or you're checking ice very regularly. Um, even Justin, who's on the lake, I mean, he's been living on the lake. He's swept on the lake like five days in a row. Um, he said that he just jumped from one spot to another and he said he found nine and a half inches when he was checking it. And he was like, Oh, I'm out of here. And, uh, and he said that people were just driving left and right um, across that spot and not paying any attention to that that thinner ice spot. And, and you know, so he had like 13 inches where his house was and where he wanted to go. Um, there were a bunch of houses and there's, there's 12 and a half, 13 up there. But in between, there's some of that thinner stuff. So it's, you know, it's still considered early ice. We're almost here to Christmas, but, um, but you still got to be really careful. We just... We don't we don't have a ton of ice, um, but there's enough to get out safely walking, snowmobile, four wheeler, and some of the shoreline stuff with your vehicle is is probably okay. But just use caution. Pan fishing has been outstanding. I mean, it's been really really good ever since before Thanksgiving. Um, the walleye bite is a little little tough. It's you know one night you get four, five, six for the flash evening bites, and and the next night you try something in a different area and you might only get one or two, but um, but that's pretty typical for Lake Bemidji, you know, it's, it's tough early like this. And then once we get into the later season is when we really start to do well. But, um, but the perch fishing is, is really good. That's already kicked off very nicely and, and people are going to enjoy some of that this weekend here. So and we talked to Nate Blazing last week on the show. He was up on Red Lake and had a really, really good trip up there. Uh, one week later, Matt, have you talked to anybody up that way? Is it still going or is it died down a little bit? While I was in Mexico, I was supposed to be filming a show with Mitchell um, for Jason Mitchell Outdoors Television, and since I was going to be in Mexico, uh, Furch went. So um, Tim and Jason used Mort Doc, Mort's Dock, and went out of there, and uh, and they did well. I mean, they didn't didn't crush them by any means, but they said it was you know average for Red Lake. So average for Red Lake is really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like well. Good, good stuff as always, Matt. I appreciate it. It's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. Check him out at northcountryguides.com. And as I said, he's all over social media as well. I appreciate it, buddy. Welcome back uh, from Mexico, and we will check in with you here real soon, okay? Sounds good. More of Branded Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. 
Time for our Hungry Hunter segment slash Famished Fisherman. And as always, great outdoor recipes brought to us by Chef Joel at Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. Joel, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Brian. And uh, we got this one when you said we got to do this. My mouth started watering right away. Walleye scampi. This sounds fantastic. Well, it's a pretty uh, simple recipe. Well, in my opinion, it's a fairly simple recipe. I don't know. Uh, what is, we're just going to take some walleye fillets. We're going to take down a little bit of melted butter and uh, fillet in a little pan. Throw our walleye fillets on top, season it up, salt and pepper. And then we're going to throw a little paprika on top. doesn't add a whole lot of flavor, but it gives us a nice little bit of color. Brightens it up a little bit. We're going to toss those into the oven. You know, depending on the size of your fillets, it's not going to take you know too long in about a 350 oven. You're looking at you know six, seven minutes, eight minutes tops. So as we get those cooking, we're going to start making our scampi sauce. We're going to take a quarter cup of butter, throw in some minced shallots and some garlic, kind of let that cook down, sweat a little bit. Once the uh, garlic and shallots are kind of fragrant, we're going to hit it with a little bit of white wine, let that cook down, let that reduce a little by half, add a little fresh lemon juice, and then we're going to add the rest of our butter and turn off the heat and let that butter just kind of melt in and swirl it as that melts in. And we can top our walleye fillets with the scampi sauce and have a delicious meal. Fantastic. So it's very similar to a shrimp scampi type of very, thing. Very, very similar. Just yep. threw, a, threw a walleye in there instead. Well, why not? So if you want to give it a try, head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. You can click on the recipes tab, this one, and a ton of others for you to check out. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon with walleye scampi this week. Joel, I appreciate it, <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. Ah, thank you, Brian. And that'll wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. If you're away from your radio or out of town, you can stream the show live. Just go to BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, click on the Listen Live tab, and you can stream the show that way. You can also listen to it on demand at the website. And if you want to go the podcast route, wherever you download podcasts, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors. Just search it, whether it's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast One, all the podcast outlets, and we would appreciate it if you gave us a nice rate and review. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Roberts Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.